This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Monday, February 13th, 2006. I'm Tom Merritt, author of Seen It's the Real Deal. And I'm Veronica Belmont, producer of Buzz Out Loud. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, actually. Uh, Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, Seen It's podcast of indeterminate length, uh, featuring the uh, empty chair of Molly Wood. So sad. Yeah, she's in Hawaii. We're not sad. Wait a second. Yeah, I'm not Did you see her in the Pro Bowl yesterday? No. NFC won. She did great. <laughs> I don't know. I looked for her in the crowd. I never saw her. Oh, well, but I didn't watch Apparently sports, she was there. So. You know what? I'm totally lying. I didn't even turn on the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I'm just making it up. Well, she would have felt good about it for a little I bit. Know. I know. Yeah, but I just couldn't do it. I was like, no, I can't. No, can't I live the watch. lie, I watched Tom. a lot of the Olympics, but I didn't watch any of that. I haven't Pro watched any of that either. Man. That's good. I'm bad. That's looking good in HD. Is it? Yeah. No Although, sound problems, no there's nothing. A, there are a few little glitches here and there with the uh, the picture dropping out. or Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm so surprised they haven't gotten you know gotten all that stuff straight. I yet. don't know. It could be DirecTV. It could be something totally unrelated to high definition. I have no idea. Okay. But uh, anyway, let's, let's move on into the news because Netflix is out there throttling heavy customers. And that just does not mean that Netflix is choking fat people. <laughs> it means that... Uh, People who subscribe to Netflix and rent, you know, say upwards 17 to 20 movies Which a, a, a month. Which is a lot of videos a That's month. That's a lot. That's like getting a new video almost every day. Are, are getting put into the back of the line for popular movies. So there's an article from the Associated Press uh, we saw on Wired. Manuel Villanueva, for example, used to get upwards of 18 to 22 DVDs a month. He now only gets about 13. Oh, poor guy. And when he looked into it, he found out that Netflix changed its terms of service so that heavy renters uh, get shoved to the back of the line so they're not uh, costing the company more than they're making off of the monthly fee. So you pay like 18 bucks a, a month for, I think, what, three or four yeah. of the, the Netflix rentals? And uh, And yeah, if you only rent, if you only get three or four movies a month, then that's great for Netflix. But if you get 22, you know, I mean, you're saving a lot of money, but it's costing Netflix more to service you. Right. Well, we talked it about it earlier. Good analogy is an all-you-can-eat shrimp buffet. Yeah. It's like, okay, you, can, you can't you can eat all the shrimp you can possibly eat because then there'd be no shrimp for anyone else. And there's, there's, there is actually case law about, I don't know if it's shrimp, but they're about restaurants. <laughs> they have <laughs> the right to say, okay, we know it's all you can eat, but there is a limit. Yeah. There is a line that you cannot cross, no matter how much capacity you have for consumption. For consuming shrimp, and so and and actually, it's funny. Manuel Villanueva, the guy in the article, says, "You know, I don't, I, I understand. It's just I wish they would have told me. I wish they wouldn't advertise unlimited rentals." So he has a point. He has a point, but guy needs to get out a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is actually Netflix's altruistic way of trying to get him out. You like, know, like, dude, you've seen a lot of movies this month. I yeah. think it's time you go like run around in a circle out Life in your front yard. Life isn't the movies. Get outside. Read a book. Go see the sun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see both sides of this. But I have to say, Netflix, you know, private company, they've got terms of service. As long as they were, if they were a little more upfront about it. It is hidden in the terms of service, and I guess it is something that was changed recently. It wasn't originally in the terms of service. They kind of came across this issue and decided to deal with it. But I don't think it's horrible of them. No, I don't. I think it kind of makes sense. But it is too bad that this guy can't continue his 22 movie a month trend. Now, one thing that I do think might be horrible <laughs> is that Windows Vista will not run their 3D interface or high-definition movies on all video cards. In fact, you're going to have to buy particular equipment 
to be able to watch high definition movies and take advantage of Vista's 3D Im- imaging system. It's it's uh, what is it called? It's called Aeroglass. <laughs> Aeroglass. So part of this doesn't bother me so much. Like if I if I'm able to use Windows Vista and I just can't take advantage of Aeroglass, that doesn't bother me so much. But uh, if I can't watch high definition, and this is the really interesting part. This is on Firing Squad. Uh, I can't remember who emailed us, but thanks for the email about it, tipping us off to it. Basically, there's something called HDCP, which is a copy protection mechanism. So there's the root of the problem. There's some DRM messing stuff up. Even though ATI and NVIDIA graphics cards can support HDCP, the implementation of it on some of their integrated graphics cards does not work with the implementation on Windows Vista, and therefore you will not be able to watch your movies in full high-def revolution. Uh, according to Firing Squad, you get about a 75% loss in pixel density, which is a pretty big deal yeah. if you want to watch high-def. Huh, that's so, interesting. Uh, yeah, basically... It's it's a mess, and, I, and I'm sure it's not entirely Microsoft's fault. It's partly this Blu-ray, HDCP, whatever stuff, which I would love it if somebody out there could email us a better explanation of how HDCP works, because I'm not up to speed on that. But I know it's it's a copy protection thing, and I know that it's messing with the implementation, even though the cards already have HDCP support. Uh, it, it It's a problem for Windows Vista already. Vista isn't even out yet. Big surprise. We've, yeah, it's, we've got another nine months, and it's it's already <laughs> messed up. All right, what's next? Uh, oh, another Microsoft drama. Yeah, Microsoft. <laughs> They're not I'll, doing so hot today. You know, huh? I used to be a big proponent of Microsoft anti-spyware, but they start changing it a little bit. A little bit every time, and so it, it starts making me uh, more upset every so time. So, Microsoft anti spyware is flagging Norton antivirus as a Trojan. Yeah, thanks for the email from King Row. He actually said, I know it's doing this because it happened to our corporate PCs today, oh, and it took me all day to correct the damage. Basically, it goes in and it uninstalls parts of Norton antivirus, not all of antivirus, Norton antivirus. It mistakenly recognizes it as a Trojan, or is it a mistake? Conspiracy theory. Uh, and you you have a mess on your hands because registry entries are all messed up and Norton Antivirus won't work. So not only is it hard to get it working again, if you want to get Norton Antivirus working again, which I'm not sure why you want to, but uh, it, it's also a problem to get the rest of it off because it's not a right. clean uninstall. Right. You have to go and, and manually pick out bits and pieces of it, try to get the whole thing out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's so funny because it didn't used to do this. It's just the latest definitions now are the ones that are flagging it as as spyware. You know, my guess is it's not a conspiracy theory. It's just a bad, bad definition in there Update, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, Microsoft support forum is apparently just filled up with complaints about this problem. And so we'll keep an eye on it and find out what they do about it. They're probably doing something about it right at this very moment, but I haven't heard what it is yet. But, yeah, they got to update the definitions again or something. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, we'll tell you how you can get an Xbox 360. We'll talk about a possible new iPod Nano design. And polite cell phones isn't that nice. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit Earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink. We revolve around you. So you might be able to actually buy an Xbox 360 in the future. Well, this is according to a uh, posting we saw from W. Moises in the forums. 
and a link out uh, to a story where they quote Peter Moore, the corporate vice president of interactive entertainment business in the entertainment and devices division of Microsoft.corp, which is probably part of the delay because every time he gets introduced, it takes another 20 minutes. Uh, but they have a quote from him on Xboxic, Xboxic.com saying within the next four to six weeks, anybody will be able to walk into a store and buy an Xbox 360. Wow. Said this during a dice session. <laughs> not, not a craps game. I'm talking about dice, D-I-C-E, capitals. Uh, yeah, he's in Vegas playing some craps. Hey, you know what? Next four weeks. Had a few drinks. Oh, yeah. they'll be out. Don't uh, worry about it. We got it. him. No problem. Uh, no, that, that's the promise. So uh, we're going to hold him to it. Actually, we should try to get him on if, if he'll let us have him on without saying his entire title, because that would take up the whole podcast. Oh, man. I love the um, the comments on this blog. This guy goes, yes, finally I can spend my $750 on a new Xbox 360 and some games and controllers. Sweet. Thank you, Microsoft. Now, this this raises the issue of blogging, right? I mean, we're fi- taking Xbox's word for this. We weren't at the dice session, so we don't know if this was actually said. But, we, pro- you know, they pro- probably was. But it's sort of, you know, did he mean it? There's what really was the nothing context? that we can really click through. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no other information about it. And we've got the same issue going on with the iPod Nano redesign quote unquote, which is uh, I first came across it in the forums. I think it was W Moises again who posted uh, is this their new iPod Nano design. There's these pictures on iLounge. So iLounge had a picture of a possible unflat face. In other words, a little raising of the edges of the Nano to kind of protect it from being scratched. Then somebody else posted in the forums that Engadget had said that iLounge was saying that uh, that this was a hoax. It's like playing that it was, telephone. It, yeah, that it wasn't true. But then when I went to the same iLounge forum posting today, uh, it says that it is not a defect. Uh, that in fact, uh, he went back to the store and the, and and got a new iPod Nano, and the new iPod Nano has the same raised edge, and posted a few more pictures. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this is a defect or if it's planned. Yeah. Or if it's just not. True it looks all. like just an extra protective layer of plastic over the top. To yeah, me, the pictures the are pictures. a little bit fuzzy. I, the guy that wrote it says that he, all right, I assume it's a guy, it could be a girl. Uh, the person who wrote it said that they were having problem putting on the crystal skin. They bought crystal skin to put on, and they were having problems okay. putting on, and that's how they discovered that there was this raised edge, and they're surmising that it is there to protect the iPod Nano. But, I see. Well, I guess we'll just have to keep watching so various many, forums. Yes, and, um, so many continuing stories to uh, to watch. But uh, at least with this one, we've got a, a few people keeping an eye on it in the forums, so uh, we can we can kind of sit back and let. For instance, Comp Psycho was the one who said, "Hey, Engadget's saying it's not a defect after all." But then, you know. so now Engadget is reading the iPod Lounge thing and saying that it's not. That's a defect. what they said. But then, More, but then when you go back to iLounge today, they're. Lounge is saying, no, 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 it's not a defect. It's, in fact, a real Oh, thing. I'm just confused. It's really confusing. Uh, our blog here at CNET, Alpha, the alpha.cnet.com blog, has a posting from James Kim pointing to another blog, <laughs> <laughs> which has some hilarious pictures. I don't even care if this is true or not. has some hilarious pictures of a, uh, quote, of, of a proposed patent for a touchscreen click wheel, and, and it looks like it was drawn by like someone from Looney Tunes. It's just like big it's rabbit, really funny. big rabbit hands, and these uh, these sort of rough sketches of click wheels overlaid over sogs could totally be fake, but it does say patent application at the top. So yeah. hey, 
Uh, it could be true, though. It could be like, you know, for the patent office, you don't have to have very good art as long as it gets the point across. Exactly. Oh, well, this but is it, really funny, though. I just, it's just fine. I, I want to see someone whose hand can do that because the, 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 the fingers are all totally separated and yet they're trying to operate the click wheel. Sort of. <laughs> it is not how a hand, I think it looks like a hand may be broken. In fact. We'll post a link in the newsletter. The thumb is foreshortened. Uh, yeah, you can find it at hrmpf.com or, oh. or in the, uh, there's a link in the uh, alpha blog as well. Oh, good, from, okay. Look for the James Kim posted about it. All right, polite cell phones. Would you like your cell phone to be more polite, Veronica? Uh, I keep mine on vibrate all the time. Really? And, yeah, and you never have a times. problem with that? Nope. I, I try to keep mine on vibrate all the time, and then it just gets... No, you don't. Well, no. Here's what happens. It gets turned off in my pocket. It gets bumped. There's a little thing on the side that will change really? the setting, and it gets turned to something else. Huh. And I just don't have the brain power to constantly be checking my cell phone to see what setting it. Um, right now, it's probably on Ringer. Yeah. Because it I rang during our 930 about meeting it. This it sure morning. did. Yep. It sure did. And guess who it was? Who? My wife. Because oh, she's the only she one who ever calls. Call mm-hmm. And she always calls when I'm in a situation where I can't answer. Like the podcast. Yeah, for, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, researchers at Motorola and Carnegie Mellon University are developing more polite cell phones. This according to a Slashdot posting. Strategies include programming the ringer to turn on and off according to the time of day. Monitoring sound light levels to determine uh, sound and light levels, I suppose, is what it means mm-hmm. to determine if the owner is in a movie theater. That makes sense. Or talking to his boss. Okay, wait a second. Okay, so is your boss like a black hole that sucks all the light out of the room? <laughs> or, or if it's sound, is your boss obviously is really loud? Uh-huh. So if you're talking to your boss, you know, a certain decibel level because they're always yelling at you because they're your boss. How could? How could it? How could it? possibly know that <laughs> it is pretty funny um yeah, i think this is a great idea i think the movie theater is great too but what if you keep your cell phone in your bag and it's always dark in there yeah then it would never ring it would never ring yeah or because what if i always you... keep mine in my pocket yeah it's dark in there too i don't have a light in there they need to work on this technology what they bit. need to do is develop uh bag lights i think we just need to <laughs> everyone should have classes that tells you when to turn your cell phone on vibrate like, for example, this morning I was on the bus, and the bus driver actually had to yell at someone to answer their phone. Because it just kept ringing the phone ringing just ringing. kept ringing I had and a, ringing. You know what? I had a guy in front of me, and I watched the whole thing. It started ringing, and he's like fumbling all around trying to up. find it. And then he, <laughs> No, he found it. And then, okay, here's the thing. He was obviously in a panic to get it, get to it so he could answer it and stop it from ringing. And then he starts talking, hey, Russ, what? <laughs> I mean, the top of his lungs on a quiet bus. The nerve of some people. Some people ought to be fired. For instance, for playing solitaire. Oh, excellent. That was a good one. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Mayor Michael Bloomberg noticed a game of solitaire on an employee's desktop at work and said, you're fired. Guy, according to the Slashdot posting, earned $27,000 a year. This is an Associated Press article. Uh, Had worked in the office for six years, and he says, and of course he's going to say this, wasn't like I spent all my time playing solitaire. I just used it as a break. You know, if I'd been working at something exhaustingly for a couple of hours, I'd get a cup of coffee, play a minute to a solitaire for a break and go right back to work. Which has actually been proven to in- in- increase productivity. Yes. Yes. You can't. This whole myth with like lost productivity from web browsing and emails is a bunch of malarkey because you cannot continue to work for eight hours straight. That was the vocab word of the day, by the way. Malarkey. Yes. Yeah. There used to be a guy here named Marcus Malarkey. And I, everybody just felt sorry. For, well, not really sorry for it, but everybody was like, um, "We won't make jokes about your name. We promise." But because he was a really nice guy. But uh, yes, it it you cannot work every minute 
Right. You, your brain will not be as productive. It needs a break. Exactly. It's a, you can't, well, like if you go to the gym, are you just going to like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing push-ups for eight hours because that'll make me stronger. No, it won't. You need to give your body time to recover. You need exactly. to give your brain time to recover. Plus, video gaming actually keeps the brain from aging. Good segue. Uh, Globe and Mail article posted, everything was on Slashdot this time. A body of research suggests that playing video games provides benefits similar to bilingualism, which I was not aware of. But apparently, if you're a bilingual speaker, it exercises your mind to a certain extent that it provides a longevity benefit. And video gaming gives you the same sort of multitasking and and gives you that same sort of benefit. I speak video gamies. Yeah, it's it's like a whole other country, like Texas. (laughs) Um, yeah, so so keep playing those video games, Veronica. It's good okay. for you. I'll stay if young anyone's, forever. Everyone says like playing too much World of Warcraft. Just like, do I look young? It's working. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> video awesome. gaming keeps but you young. Really though, it just sounds like Bloomberg was just having a bad day. Yeah, the mayor. You know, he's stressed out. Walks outside, sees someone playing solitaire, hasn't had a break like all it's day. It's the kind of thing you see in cartoons or, or movies. You're you know? fired. You're playing solitaire. You're oh, fired. You're fired. Yeah. It's like the boss on the IT crowd, Channel 4 in the UK, <laughs> Denim. He's just, I haven't watched that like yet. Like the typical changeable boss. Just yeah, that, That's what you would expect to happen when Denim walked through your office, not Mayor Bloomberg. Right. Come on. Speaking of the British, uh, the British may stop taxing televisions. I don't know if you don't live in the United Kingdom. You may not be aware, but the uh, British broadcasting company is funded through the TV detector fans that roam the streets. <laughs> Looking for people who have not paid their television license. You actually have to pay a license fee to operate a television in Great Britain. And uh, they're not able to catch people who watch broadcasts over their PC, like the Channel 4 show, like IT Crowd. So the BBC is proposing a blanket tax on PCs instead. So you wouldn't have the cat detector van or the uh, TV detector. That was a Monty Python sketch, the cat detector van. You wouldn't have the TV detector van roaming around trying to catch you. You'd just pay a tax when you buy a PC. It's similar to the tax on uh, recordable media that they have. So. I don't know. I don't. I, I won't be affected that, about this, so it's easy for me to say. But it seems like a good solution because the BBC, uh, like Channel Four, has actually been very forward thinking in putting a lot of its content online. So they want to be able to recoup money from that because that's how they're funded. Maybe some of our listeners in the UK can call in and let us know how they feel about it. That would be interesting. Yeah, um, we we actually we have a, a caller that we'll get to later on from Britain, and maybe uh, maybe he can shed some light on it as well. Uh, also, want to thank the person who made the buzz out loud uh, widget. I, it it didn't work perfectly; like the the image was broken somehow. But I, yeah. now I can't give any feedback because the tripod site that it had been posted on is gone. Tripod removed why. it. For, I wonder why. So either I have a horrible piece of spyware. Uh, it was a Yahoo. Virus. It was a confabulator. Yeah, it was widget, confabulator right? wib- widget, uh, or uh, tripod just didn't like it that somebody was hosting an executable. Yeah, on there, but the widget's not really an. Ex- I guess it's an executable. Mm. But anyway, uh, also we, we're, this is this is one of the benefits of Molly being out of town. We can talk about the things we want to talk about. She didn't want to talk about. Sorry, Molly. Uh, no, we don't make too big a deal about that. But we, you know, we always have to cut stuff for time, and right. we can't get to every email and voicemail. And we apologize for that. And and the same is true of stories. There's always more stories that we would like to talk about than we have time for. And this one we had to cut out last week, but uh, we have time for it today, which is the ESBN, the Electronic Standard Book Number. Uh, it's a way to help bloggers keep identification of their material. So it's 
explained as similar to an ISBN, which is the International Standard Book Number, although you have to pay for one of those. Okay. Uh, I, I consider it even more similar to the ISSN, which I have on my own website. It's an International Standard Serial Number, which is perfect for blogs because your blog is a serial publication. Uh, but what the ESPN, ESBN does is it's electronic, so it can actually track your posts. Right. And also it's really good for um, media like videos and podcasts, for example, because you can just insert the number into your feed and then it'll track wherever it's going. So it's much it's easier to search for it. If you search for that, it would come up and you'd be able to find different podcasts or things by the number. That's what I heard. That's yeah. what they were talking about on Twitch. And, so. and it's integrated well into web technology versus ISSN. I mean, I have an ISSN number, but it's just there mm-hmm. on my site. It's There's nothing tracking anything. There's nothing integrated uh, with the web. It's just sitting there in plain text. Right. So this this is much more built for the web. Again, it's ESBN, not PN. It's not the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network. Uh, ESBN.org. And, and thanks a, to Chris for, uh, well, he's, he's one of the people yeah. who works on it for letting us know it's about it. It's a 19-digit it. number, too. Yeah, is, so there ought to be plenty of them. There's a lot of stuff. Then you going around. All right. Uh, shall we get to some voicemails, then? We shall. Let's. Uh, Bill from Baltimore leads us off with a, a comment from Molly, who's not here, but we'll make sure she hears it. Molly, Tom, and Veronica, Bill from Baltimore here. Uh, just listening to the podcast and listening to Molly going back and forth about which video player she's going to buy. I have the Creative Zen Vision M. It is a fantastic machine. You cannot go wrong with it. You will love it. I highly recommend, however, you visit shieldzone.com and purchase one of their shields for your Creative Zen or for Veronica to get one for her iPod. You will also not regret that decision. Have a good one. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Later. All right, so he says the Creative Zen Vision M is the player to get. You know she's not going to make a decision. No, never. We, we, I mean, we appreciate Bill's efforts, but... By the time she decides on something, it'll be so far in the future that... Yeah, we'll have that 3D holographic yeah. video. And he, he also mentioned uh, Shield Zone, which I think I actually saw at Macworld Boston the last time there was a Macworld Boston. Ah, uh, yes. And the, if they're the same things I'm thinking of, they're very, very, very good and very strong. You were like, saying you could, like... Shoot a bullet like, through it? Or yeah, something? you could like stab a pen through it, and oh, it wouldn't hell. break through. It was amazing. That's pretty good. Yeah. And, so. it, and, but, and it was clear enough that you could see through it Oh, totally. Well. No. Mm-hmm. Right on. All right, next call is from, I believe I've got this right, Frugalo from Philadelphia. Hey, Tom, Molly, and Veronica. It's Frugalo from Philadelphia. Hey, you're only half right on the analog to digital conversion for cable companies. Cable companies actually want you to move off of analog so they can free up spectrum and use more that spectrum for bandwidth and channels and all that good stuff. So they'll be moving you off an analog box and onto a digital platform ASAP. So but you'll still be able to use your, you know, your regular TV. But you'll have a you know, digital picture, digital sound, and all those groovy digital features like the on-demand programming, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, Veronica, why aren't you on the voicemail message? Frugalo, out. Little Seacrest thing there at the end. Yeah. Yeah, now that since Rubble Shelby out. mentioned Seacrest on the on the interview the other day, now everybody wants to be on CNET and be Ryan Seacrest all the time. <laughs> uh, well, no, you know what? I thought Frugalo that we we said that. I thought we said that the cable companies have an interest in moving you off analog into digital, but it's not the law. It's the the law we were talking about is the law that says broadcasters have to broadcast in digital, uh, digital television or high def, which is the same standard. 
and, and okay, it's not the same standard. Hold your emails, oh, yeah. but but it's you know it's broadcast over the same range. You can see high def or digital TV over the same signal. Uh, and cable companies, if you have a cable service, you wouldn't have to change your television. They have no interest in making you change your television. What they right. want to do is move you up to digital cable, which isn't the same thing as digital broadcasting. If you have digital cable box that is processing extra digital channels and putting them into an analog television, you are not, in fact, watching digital television because your television can't display it. It's NTSC. It's converting Mm -hmm. everything into analog. It's just that you have a digital box, so it's caching that NTSC signal for you and delivering it that way so it can deliver more channels. I'm turning into like the Charlie Brown, the adults. All I'm hearing is like, wah, 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 wah. Okay. I just don't understand. <laughs> but basically the upshot <laughs> is you don't have to buy a new TV. And I don't know why I'm not on the voice message. Oh, yeah. You know, I, at first I thought it was because we did it before you started with us when James Hilliard used to record us. But uh, I don't think we took voicemails back then. No. It wasn't until you came along. You had the idea of taking voicemails, yep. right? Yeah. yeah. So I, don't, I just wasn't. You were just shy. Yeah. Retiring. I'm a shy little flower. Yeah, look at you now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pete from New York uh, just wanted to thank us. So we'll let him thank us. Hey, uh, this is Peter. I'm from New York. And I wanted to call and say uh, thank you guys for having Shelby Bonnie on the show. And they say make it funny. And they say, I know, and I bet this call isn't going to be very interesting, but I'll be remiss if I didn't call and say how much I enjoyed the interview. And as a marketing student, uh, I really just got a lot of insight from him and you guys too. Your opinions were really opened my eyes to a lot of different things and made me think about uh, what I want to do when I graduate and get into advertising. So uh, really thank you all so much and keep up the good work and bring back some more interviews. Uh, have a good day. Bye. Wow. I thought it was an interesting call, Pete. Yeah, and I and I'm great. actually, I, I, I will pass this along to Shelby because uh, I think he would be glad to know that, that he helped. I mean, that's a big decision, figuring out what you want to do after you graduate. I still haven't figured that out. Look <laughs> at me. All right. Now we've got uh, Rob from Brighton in the UK. Hi, guys. This is Rob from Brighton in the UK. Just bringing up about your uh, slagging off of the Red Cross and the patent issue. I think you've really got the wrong end of the stick here. Um, if you look at shacknews.com, they've got an interview with David Pratt of the Canadian Red Cross, and he quite rightly points out is this isn't a patent issue. This is to do with unauthorized use of the symbol, which is protected under international law. Um, it all goes back to the fact that no matter where you are on a real battlefield, when you see a Red Cross, you can't shoot it up, and it's going to afford you some protection. Um, and I think it's a real good thing, and... Uh, yeah, we need to uh, we need to look after the Red Cross, and it's the one symbol that's better known than anything else in the world, apart from I think the Coca Cola sign. And uh, your point about Switzerland—that's a white cross on a red background. So, duh. But uh, keep up the good work. Love the show. This may even prompt me to go out and buy an iPod. So uh, let's say something. Cheers. Bye. We might make him buy an iPod. Wow. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, about the Red Cross. Okay, first of all. I don't know how many people pointed out that the Swiss flag is red with the white yeah. cross on it. And you know what? That's Got what I get that. for stealing jokes from Boing Boing. But the point of the <laughs> Boing Boing joke was, if I may defend them because I use their joke, is that it's the same pattern, right? That it's a silly for them to sue the Swiss for having a cross on a background as it is to sue video game makers for including this in it. That, so, guess it wasn't yeah. funny. Swiss flag's red with the white cross. Okay, yeah, we know it. Uh, and then also, 
you know, I mean, I respectfully disagree with Rob. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree that the Red Cross is important and then we should give them, you know, a fair credit shake. Where credit where credit Yes, absolutely. What, what I've got a case against is not the Red Cross as a, as a organization, but against David Pratt. Uh, going on, and, and there was a Boing Boing post recently that said they're now going to use their resources to pursue people who use a Red Cross symbol on on first aid kits. Uh, several intellectual property lawyers say that their claims are dubious at best. It's just not a good use of their resources. Yeah, I don't are you think. Serious? I don't think that a, a first aid kit or or a, or a little health packet in a video game is stealing anything from the Red Cross or undermining their mission at all. I, I just I just think it's a bad use of, of their time. That, I agree. That's all I'm saying. I, I totally support the mission. We are not anti Red Cross. Absolutely. So anyway, thanks for, for giving us a chance to clarify. And uh, last, we have an MP3. It's not even a voicemail. It's an MP3 sent to us from Kevin. Hi, Molly, Tom, and Veronica. This is Kevin from Los Angeles, uh, a.k.a. Matt Cugger from the forums. I wanted to try and answer Andy S.'s question regarding um, film once it gets transferred to HD. HD is uh, at the highest resolution is 1920 by 1080, and that's only six or seven percent smaller than film resolution, which is about 2048 by 1536. Currently, film is transferred to uh, standard television, which is 720 by 486, and that's uh, using a process called telecine. And also, it's converted from 24 frames per second to 30 uh, using a process called 3-2 pull down, um, which uh, most people. Uh, notice the difference like, like shows that are filmed at high quality and then transferred to video use that process versus say a reality tv show which is usually shot you know straight to video at 30 frames per second so um i hope that clears it up a little bit uh, molly enjoy your vacation in hawaii thanks bye i didn't i didn't think kevin sounded like that that is not how i guessed kevin That's would not sound how i pictured him to sound but you know how, how do you know I, everyone sounds like uh freaking you know, the guy from the movie trailers when you're reading them online. I mean, they can sound like anything. So, uh, not that he sounded bad. No, not actually. Was, the the MP3 really, sounded fantastic. As we should have expected from knowing your posts, Kevin, you sounded very cogent and, uh, and have taught us something once again, which I did not under, I did not know about the 2K, uh, uh, transference, right? Uh, he added by email, 2048 by 1536 is film resolution. Technically, that is the resolution at which film is digitized. If it is having special effects work done to it, it's called 2K. And some directors actually want their film digitized in 4K. So, wow. Uh, yeah. My, my thing is that when I watch a movie on HDNet, movies, it just doesn't look that great. I mean, it looks, it looks better than it does on regular television. But, but it doesn't look as crisp and amazing as some of the live or shot on HD videos do. And I think that's just the nature of film. It's not a resolution lost. It's just, especially older films, they all seem to start Goldie Hawn, as I posted on the forums, <laughs> on HDNet. They're not the best movies necessarily. Although I was watching Apocalypse Now Redux on HDNet movies over the weekend, and that looked amazing. And that's not even a recent movie. Yeah. Uh, but man, it looked good. Still though, not the same bright colors. It's, it's like there's a color processing thing going on when you shoot in high def that's different than what you have in film. Cause film is meant for a much, hu much huger screen. Had I paid attention to my film classes, I may have had an answer for you there. <laughs> See? Pay attention in class, kids. Let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got an email from Davis who gave us a TiVo hack. This is kind of a geeky episode with Molly not around to stop yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Davis can 
Davis said that uh, TiVo can play back and record a TV signal at the same time. So this means that if you have a TiVo set up to record through RF, just put a line from the RF in to the RF out, and then it can record the video that it's playing back. I think you might need two tuners to make this work. Okay. Uh, but this allows you to edit video. So you lower the quality of video and many more things. Just hit record and play back a video, and TiVo records it with fast forwards, editing out the parts you don't like. So you're not really editing, but you can actually record the show with the fast forwarding of the commercials so the commercials don't show up. Uh, he says that this is also a great effect of the screen fading to white as TiVo copies its own lines signal. I don't know why that's great, but it's kind of funny. But if you if you're actually live editing it, you're kind of watching it at the same time anyway. So why would you want to go back and watch it again after? Well, I guess it's if you're wanting to save it and watch it later. After you've already watched it while you're editing. Yeah, it. or if you want to share it with people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sharing, I guess. Uh, he says all his videos in his playlist, which are just a handful now, are edited videos. Uh, but he has not seen this hack everywhere. So this is a hack in the true sense of the word in that it may not be practical for everyone, but it sure is interesting. And it works. Yeah, and it works. Uh, well, apparently it works. I haven't tried it. But I want to thank Phil from Maryland after my whining on Friday. I feel bad now because I was I was just joking when I was whining about not having a Wikipedia entry. But Phil from Maryland was nice enough to go out and create one because uh, he found my resume online. <laughs> so it reads like my resume. Uh, but it's all true. So yours actually has your career stuff on there, not it just does. that you like bacon. Yeah, I, and, although um, I do like bacon. It does not say it so. It is a perfect food accessory, <laughs> I've said many times. And that's true. Uh, <sighs> so now we need to work on Molly's. We need to get Molly's to catch. Uh, yeah. We need to figure that out. And then you're not... You want some more factual information, I, I'm guessing, factual information from what you're saying, more than just the fact well, that Well, I don't like want to pull an Adam Curry and actually edit it myself. Well, I think you know what I think you should do. What? I think you should post suggestions of facts about your life on your blog, and then people can lift them from your blog, and you don't have to be all Adam Curry or U.S. Congress. But that, God, that's so, like, I feel like such a jerk doing that. Like, here's the information, write would, about me, guys. <laughs> well, no, you just, you don't, don't put write about me, just like, hey, just thought you might want to know some things about me. Of course, everyone who listens to the podcast will I do know have why. to update my about section. There anyway. you go. See? There's perfect. Put your resume online. Yeah, I could do Apparently that, that works. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, wait. We have to make the announcement that today we are doing the first edition of the newsletter. Oh, that's right. Uh, and did we talk about the Buzz Report being... If no, you miss, we didn't. We if also... you miss Molly, uh, subscribe to the Buzz Report video podcast in iTunes and you can get it fed to you. It, the new edition is up today. And there will be today. a new edition next week, even though she's gone. The magic of television. Molly will record a buzz report this week, even though she's not here. And it will not be a repeat. And we have the newsletter. Uh, 300 of you have subscribed. Thank you very much. Which is awesome. That was, was 300 over the weekend. Yeah, it was only eight on Friday when we worked, so <laughs> Like, oh, this will we be were easy. A little, and we are like, well, one's me. Uh, one's me. <laughs> I think one's okay. Andy in Tennessee. And... <laughs> But yes, no, we have up to 300. So, but if you haven't subscribed, I'd put the link on the podcast page at podcast.cnet.com. And we have to, we have to figure out how to do it now. <laughs> I know. We have to go teach ourselves now how to update the newsletter. It's going to be awesome. All right, folks. If you want to contact us, 1-800-616-CNET or email us buzz at cnet.com. Post in our forums. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge at forums.cnet.com. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye.